Lord, we come before you in person, live stream, in the many places we are, recognizing, Lord, that often we find ourselves lost, not knowing where to go, not knowing where to turn, not knowing what to do. So, Lord, for this moment, this morning, we turn to you. We focus on you, we center on you, we uh, open our ears to you. So, Lord, I pray this morning that you speak to us your solemn message in which you often seek to speak to us, but sometimes we're not willing or able to hear. Lord, we're grateful for the many kindnesses that have been shown us. And as we see those of which Ruth and Boaz and many others come to share this morning, Lord, we're reminded of those. So may we be renewed in our faith and renewed in our kindness that we can share and show that to others. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, did anybody catch a glimpse of the FedEx St. Jude Golf Tournament last week? If you're golf fans or not, it was in town. And I got to admit, it was hard not to get to go. I've had the honor of sharing and watching that for the past couple years and really enjoyed. And to know all the players are in town, but you can't see them was hard. I still found myself distracted by wanting to know how the tournament was going, what hole they were on, or how they were playing. I found that again this week. If you keep up with golf, it's the PGA Championship, the first major that's been able to be played this year. As I was writing the sermon and rehearsing, I kept wanting to know how it was doing, how the players were, were taking, how, how they were accomplishing their task. I admit it's been nice amidst the COVID to be distracted a little bit to buy some, store, buy some sports that are able to safely be played. It's not just golf. There's the basketball, the NBA bubble taking place in Orlando. There's a lot of baseball games being played and some not getting to be played since they've been canceled. And what about football? Right? I, I know there's probably lots of football fans who seek to watch a football game and schedules have been set or conferences have canceled or changed what's taking place. In most southern towns, football is king but not in Kentucky. Susan and I lived in Kentucky for four years. We lived in central Kentucky. She was in dental school and I was in seminary. And it is amazing the passion that the most Kentuckians have for basketball. You watch the news at night, which is late because of a different time zone, but when you watch the news in sports, you never could find out any other team that was playing except Kentucky, unless your team happened to be playing Kentucky. Well, we were in grad school, and going to games was not a possibility to afford because you really couldn't get tickets anyway. So one time, some friends called, some close friends, one of my college roommates said they were coming to town. They wanted to visit, and we were excited, and they had Ole Miss Kentucky basketball tickets. Courtside. I was thrilled and excited. But where the story really gets interesting is a couple weeks earlier, another close group of friends or, or a couple had shared that they were going to come to town too. It was one of those things, hey, we wouldn't come see you. What about the third weekend of October or whenever the date was? And sure, why not? Let's, let's plan on it. 
but never really wrote it down, never really confirmed it. And when this other couple was coming, we decided to, or excuse me, I decided to sort of forget about that. Well, that couple called and said they were excited about coming, and I had to say we already had plans. You've been there, it's one of those moments that you probably shouldn't have made the choice, and there's silence on the phone, and you don't talk for weeks, and weeks turn into longer, and in that moment in time, you know you've strained the relationship, you've made a bad decision. It took a while. It took visits and phone calls and moving back to West Tennessee to really restore that relationship that is doing very well today. Have you ever wronged another person? Have you ever hurt a relationship? Have you ever made that kind of decision with another good friend? What did it take? What did it take to restore that relationship for you? We've been talking of the story of Ruth and Naomi. In Ruth chapter 1, Naomi's relationship with others and with God has turned bitter. Many things, unfortunate circumstances and tragedies have happened in her life. There's a famine. They move from Judah to Moab. Her husband dies. Her sons marry Orpah and Ruth, and her sons pass away. She encourages Orpah and Ruth to go on their own way. They don't at first, but Orpah eventually does. And Ruth, no way Ruth is leaving Naomi's side. We talked about I do commitments that Ruth makes to Naomi and looking at those same I do commitments in which we make to God and seek to live that out in our daily life living and so ruth chapter one ends with ruth and naomi returning to bethlehem but what are they going to eat how are they going to survive and will naomi's faith be restored let's look at ruth chapter two for those who are here, I hope you'll join me in devices or Bibles you brought online. Go get your Bibles if you don't have them. Let's turn to Ruth chapter 2 together. Now Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, behind someone in whose sight I may find favor. She said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, To whom does this woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now, without resting for even a moment. 
Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels. Drink from the water what the young men have drawn. Then she fell prostrate with her face to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told me. How you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds. And may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, May I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. And then we see that Ruth eats a meal with Boaz and continues to glean the fields and takes to Naomi what she has collected. Naomi is astonished and wonders who has helped her. Pick it up at verse 20. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, This man is a relative of ours, one of our nearest kin. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay close by my servants until they have finished all the harvest. And Ruth continues to glean and live with her mother-in-law, Naomi. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the world of Ruth and Naomi has been turned upside down. Tragedy after unfortunate circumstance after tragedy has continued to fall upon them. And now they come back home. Will people remember her? Will people care for her? Will people protect and accept her? But there's kind of a question to survive. If, I mean, a question to ask at first. How will they survive? So Ruth, in her continued commitment, knows what she must do. And she decides to glean the fields for the barley harvest was at hand. Now, gleaning, you might be familiar with gleaning, was the custom of allowing the poor to follow behind the reapers of the field. The reapers were told not to pick up anything that they drop or not to take everything that's in the field. This wasn't just a custom of the time, but it was one of the agricultural laws for the Hebrews. We see it in Leviticus 19, 9 through 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and alien. I am the Lord your God. We also see it in Deuteronomy chapter 24. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand. So Ruth was able to provide for herself and for Naomi by gleaning the fields. What an amazing law. What an amazing custom. 
What an amazing act in which God had put in place to care for the people and Ruth was willing to carry out. What a good reminder for us today to not go through life continuing to see how much we can gather and gain without considering the needs of others. It boils down to one word, kindness. How, when, where will we show and offer kindness? We're reminded, too, to trust in God's daily provisions. As you think over these past several months that we've been under COVID, where is it and how is it that God has provided for you? What is it that you've had to put your trust in God with? And who has helped you along the way? Today's scripture, there are three main figures, Ruth and Naomi, and we're introduced to Boaz. Boaz is a relative, uh, a relative of Elimelech, who's Naomi's deceased husband. He's a man of great wealth and apparently a good standing in the community. Is it a coincidence that Ruth just happens to come across the fields of Boaz? I don't think so. I once heard that coincidences are small miracles where God decides to remain anonymous. I love that. God's always working through people around us, even if we do not see him. Boaz was a man of faith, and God was working through him, even if he did not know it. When Boaz comes into the fields, he greets his workers with the Lord be with you. He demonstrates kindness to Ruth. He takes special notice of her and asks her to stay in the fields and not go out elsewhere. He tells her to glean all she can and for the workers to leave some extra behind. Boaz protects her, offers her water, gives her food to eat, and blesses the work of her hand. Man, as we think back over these last several months, where is it that God has blessed our hand? Where is it that God has provided or protected us? Through whom has he offered us kindness? He uses the kindness of those we know and some we don't. God desires for us to stay in his field, to remain close to his family, and to take care of each other. God protects us from harm by providing others to God and work with us. In protection, I'm not necessarily talking about from troubles and suffering, which we've all experienced. But it's that protection from destruction due to our sin and the consequences of our wrong choices. In faithful living, kindness is king. Kindness is number one in God's community. We see that through Boaz's actions. And as we reflect on Boaz's actions, we remember similar actions that God shows us. Boaz offered Ruth the water of which the men had drawn. God graciously offers us living water by which our thirst and our longings can be quenched. Boaz offers Ruth bread that satisfies her. God provides for all of us that we might not go hungry. And I'm not just talking physical. 
We recall the man in the wilderness. Jesus is the bread of life. And last week, the bread of Christ broken for us through communion. Boaz instructed the workers to pull out some of the handfuls and to leave those for Ruth. This extra was meant to help her without dishonoring her. It would have been easy for Boaz to just give her grain, but he did not want to take away from her dignity. God often has means to provide for us, but sometimes we've got to respond to those opportunities that are given. I see this by those who work at the food pantry, by those who come and are greeted warmly and welcome. It's not just a bag of groceries that are given, but it's asking how a certain family member who's been sick or ill is doing. It's asking them how they are doing. It's taking those bags to the car to serve and honor them in that moment. Through the loving care of Boaz, we've seen a real-life example of the loving care or kindness of God. As a result of the way Boaz has carried out his life and business, others have been changed. The way we treat others and respond to others can change their life too, for better or for worse. Do we treat them with kindness and respect? and dignity. Boaz's kindness to Ruth and indirectly to Naomi has caused Naomi to turn from bitter to better. In chapter 1 she felt she was cursed and the hand of God was against her. But look at verse 20. If you got your scripture still open or can turn to it, look at chapter 2 verse 20. Online check that out too. Chapter 2 verse 20. Naomi says to Ruth, the Lord bless him. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. Naomi's faith has been restored because of the kindness of Boaz and the humility and service and commitment of Ruth. Naomi's purpose for living and hope has been renewed for her and her family to come. So I conclude today with a few questions. A questions that we ask, that I ask all of us. Who's a Naomi out there that perhaps needs our help? Who is someone in our church or our community that's fallen upon hard times and needs encouragement? Needs an act of kindness? Needs to be reminded of the kindness and love of God? And who's a Boaz? Who's been that person in your life, whether they've known it or not, that has shown to you the love and grace and mercy of God? Let us take time this week to reach out to those Naomi's. And let us take time to give thanks to those Boaz's. And perhaps if we seek one in our own life, such as a Boaz, who could really help us let us be open to that opportunity as God might lead us the world uh, our community is full of Naomi's and Ruth's 
and Boaz's. Throughout our life, we've probably been there, found ourselves in one or maybe even all of these positions. Sometimes giving, sometimes receiving. It takes both for the world to go around. I try hard to seek to serve and to give. I like to do it and it feels good, but I found myself, especially in these last several months, needing to receive too, and the acts of kindness or words of encouragement have gone a long ways. Where are you this morning? Really, where do you find yourself this morning? Do you stand ready to give? Or do you desperately need to receive? Or perhaps it's both. May God give you the strength you need to be the person he has equipped you to be and the love to carry you through all you may encounter. And may you be that for others because you never know who it is who could really use it. Simple acts of kindness can mend relationships, move mountains, and motivate and restore another person's faith. And you know what happens along the way? Our faith is often renewed and restored too. So as we seek to practice faithful living, let us seek to be kind to one another and committed to our faith. Let us also acknowledge and graciously receive the kindness we are shown by others, especially by God. What tidbit, perhaps for you, have you gleaned today from this message? The fruit of the field awaits. What will you do? How will you choose to respond? The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.